Hi, I'm Sarah Baker. Welcome to Mama Stories. I created Mama Stories after seeing how impactful sharing stories can be in overcoming the challenges of motherhood. I am where I am today because of the stories of so many amazing strong mamas. And I want to share that with anyone I can. So follow along to laugh, cry, and be empowered. Welcome to the show. Today we have Ahuva. Ahuva, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, Okay, so why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? Definitely. So my name is Ahuva Magda Hershkoff. I'm a registered dietitian uh, with a pediatric-based practice in Toronto, Ontario. And I, you know, work with families to support healthy mealtimes, successful mealtimes, and reduce mealtime stress. And I am a mom of three-year-old twins myself. Um, so lots going on. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Twins and three. Twins, I feel like twins. that's the worst thing to put together. <laughs> you know what? I always say, like, I can always tell, you know, who, who is a parent themselves when their reaction to me saying that I have twins. Because um, most people who are, you know, in the younger demographic who are like, you don't have kids yet, they're like, oh, I always wanted twins. And a lot of people are like, please go away from me in case it's contagious. And I'm like, yeah. you have kids yourself. Don't do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is funny. I always wanted twins. And I I actually don't know why. That's such a silly thing to say. But now that I'm a mom, yeah. I feel like that re- statement is ridiculous. But um, I always wanted twins. And I remember when I had my first ultrasound, which wasn't pretty because they stick the like probe up you and you're like, oh my God, they don't show this in the movies. But uh, yeah, my yeah. husband's mm-hmm. first question was, is there, there's just one in there, right? Just one? Because <laughs> he was terrified yeah, that yeah, I had yeah. jinxed us into this twins situation. So totally. do totally, twins totally. run in your family or how did you end up with these two beautiful three-year-old twins? We're just jumping right in, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so with twins do run, the way that I always answer that question is twins do run in my family, but I think the fertility treatments that I used to conceive them, um, played a bigger role. Didn't ovulate on my own and needed some support, um, in, in, um, you know, that process. And that made me release more than one egg, which gave me twins. Okay. Well, look at that. Congratulations. Two babies. (laughs) Do you want to have more kids or are you like, okay, I witnessed two. I'm good. You know what? This sounds um, really like funny to one of you when I say it, and I, I say this a lot actually, because um, as a mom of twins, you get asked this a lot. Um, I feel like as, as a mom in general, you get asked this a lot, but yeah. also you know, there's some people who are like, "Are are you done? You should you're done now, right? Are you done?" But there's more people who are like, "So when's your next one coming?" Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, I, the, having the twins was a really great experience, um, but I never got to experience. Uh, you know, a little bit more of the calm of having one child. Mm. Um, so I think that, you know, I would want more children just to even have that experience of being able to have, you know, one baby that you can feed and then relax with, you know, like that kind of, with, with twins, there's always another one, right? Like if you feed yeah. one, there's always another one. There isn't that quiet time, which I know I'm not discounting, you know, having one child at a time. I know that it's super busy in and of itself. Um, but just that like ability to focus on one, um, I would, I would love to see what that is like. Yeah. I mean, I hear you on that. I only want one. Um, yeah. Because I can't even imagine. I mean, thank you for giving credits to the moms who just have one, but 
as a mom that has one who's two and a half, so very close to the age yeah. where your boys are, I can tell you how you do it with two. I don't even know. I mean, you just, that's amazing to me because I can't you know even do had, it with one friend, most days. I had a friend who had a single child like three weeks after, um, three weeks after my kids were born and like so often, like we became very close in, you know, closer in being pregnant together and go through, you know, going through all of those changes and stages and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so often she would text me and be like, today was just such a hard day. I was so glad I wasn't you. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's awesome. Thanks for that support. Really. That is awesome. So yeah, I definitely understand that. Yeah, that's hard. Well, I hope that if, you know, one more is in your future, that that is granted to you in the way that you would you want it to much. be. Yes. Okay. So two boys and you're a nutritionist. A boy which, and a girl, actually. Oh, a boy and a girl. I apologize. Okay. Yeah. Wow, you got them mixed and everything. I know, I know. See, I feel like you're house. lucky, but maybe that's not fair. Don't don't punch <laughs> me through the phone for saying that. <laughs> um, okay, so the being a nutritionist to me, food is such a big thing with Grayson. Like, I'm terrified of yeah. what I'm feeding him, how much I'm feeding. Yeah. I mean, from day one, because obviously mm-hmm. breastfeeding is a journey in itself, but so. Do you feel like that background helped you or do you feel like it's just a natural parent thing where we go through this like fear of food? Um, I think a little bit of, of both. I think that, you know, um, a lot of the focus that I ended up having in, um, you know, in becoming a dietitian, right. It previously to having my own children, um, I was working in a different area of nutrition, and then I started uh, working, doing clinical research in food allergy at the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto, and that was the first time, you know, I always say it was the first time that I ever saw that mealtime could really be stressful, right? Because growing up, I don't have those memories of, I I, you know, I remember having a nice family dinner, mm-hmm. and it was the first time that I was practicing and met with, with families who um, really were like, what do I feed my child, right? Like my child is allergic to everything or, Mm. you know, there's such a transition and that that mealtime stress was a thing, um, was honestly sort of new information to me. Right. And I wasn't a parent at that point. Um, and you know, my, my husband very often used to joke when I would say things about our kids, like, you know, I would say it's okay to put your child to bed when they, you know, or give their child dinner, um, and, you know, let them dictate when they're done. But there would be times that I would put my kids to bed and they would cry and I'd be like, but do you think they're hungry? And my husband would be like, what would you tell a client if they were asking you this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but, you know, it, it, there's, I think to answer your question, like it, meal stress and, and worrying about feeding our kids well is something that we all experience. Um, I don't think that I'm special in getting out of that. I do think that my, um, you know, area of expertise affords me a little bit more objectivity. Yeah. Right. So I can snap myself back to objectivity. I, I definitely go into that like, oh, my God, you know, mom, you know, sort of thinking. And then I have the ability to actually be like, OK, let's think about this as a case study. Yeah, <laughs> um, so definitely a little bit of both. I, I I'm I'm a bit jealous because I feel like I wish I had that <laughs> that ability to do that. I mean. To me, food has just always been so stressful. I'm so thankful Grayson, as of right now, doesn't have any food allergies, but yeah. I can imagine that adds a whole nother layer um, Definitely. to dinner stress. So do you still 
focus on that, like kids with food allergies, or have you expanded your scope into just all, all food, all children? I like to say that I practice in the area of mealtime stress, um, wherever that may be coming from. So very often that is coming from, you know, parents who, um, even if it's, you know, their first child or their fourth child, you know, with a food allergy, it's very different knowing how to feed, you know, a child without food allergies to being being able to feed a child with food allergies, um, whether that's, you know, picky eating or selective eating, which is a really big thing for a lot of families, um, you know, a lot of families experiencing a lot of stress when they're, they feel like there's nothing they can find um, that they can put on the table, um, particularly, um, you know, I work with families with children um, with autism spectrum disorder, and mm-hmm. that's a really big thing in terms of, you know, the rigidity around food. So um, definitely a lot within the food allergy world, but also in just in working with families to transition to solids successfully so that we can sort of, you know, preempt that stressful mealtime. And then, um, you know, working with families to address and, and ditch that stressful mealtime when it is already there. Okay. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, I think mealtime in general is just hard, even if it's breakfast, lunch, or snack, or dinner. It's any any of that is yeah. hard. I can't imagine having that additional layer. When yeah. In your experience, how long does it take? Like if a family comes to you and they're like, oh, I've got all this stuff going on with stressful eating, and, my, and whether it's picky yeah. or how long does it take for a family to feel like, okay, we're getting the hang of this. At least we can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, I mean, it's, it's different for every family. Um, you know, just because it depends what we're sort of dealing with, right. Very often there's kids who, um, with a little bit of, you know, a tweak here and there can like go off and eat, you know, the, the, the things you would have never thought that they would eat ever before in their lives. Mm. I always like to say, for parents, and this is not an evidence-based recommendation in any way. It's just, you know, from from how I've been uh, experiencing and working with these families is giving three to four weeks um, for every year that this has been going on, right? So if you're working with a 10-year-old who um, is really, you know, incredibly rigid around food or has significant food challenges, you're looking at, at around, you know, six months plus to be working slowly on it. And one of the mistakes mm. that parents often make is, um, you know, you get to a breaking point, right? As we all do with certain things that you know, you're, you're like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it today and it's going to happen and it's, you know, it's, I'm done, right? Yeah. And when you try and flip a switch like that, often it backfires um, significantly. And, you know, so much, so many of us have done that in so many areas of our lives and we can see it backfire. Um, and really, you know, the best thing that I say to parents is, if you can stay the course and and do it slowly and and take it as slowly as you need to, you're going to see so many more results than if you, you know, try and force it quicker than it's going to happen. Yeah. I, I asked that question because of that exact reason. I can think of so many things in my experience of being a mom just in two and a half years where I just gave up really quick because it didn't work. And right. then when I went back and I had expectations and, clear expectations and had done a lot of research and and I took my time and I let things happen naturally. I was like, Oh, okay. It is a process. Right. Definitely. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons that a lot of families, you know, work with me and work with other professionals is sometimes you don't even know, right. If you make a change and your child throws a tantrum, is that a natural part of the process? Did you do something 
you know, that maybe wasn't the best approach. Like, you know, wh- where, where are you going now? Right. Like where are you pivoting when that happens? Yeah. Um, and that knowledge and that um, clarity and, and feeling like you have that support um, is a really big piece of, of making any change. Yeah. Well, and if something is consuming you, which I I can see how there's obviously elements in families that can make this type of thing even more stressful. But if something like this is confusing you, I think as parents, we are constantly having to make decisions. And a lot of those are just trial and error decisions, right? Like whether how they play or who we hang out with, or, I mean, a lot of it really is just trial and error. It'd be nice for something like this. If it's so overwhelming to have somebody else just kind of help you through, like, how do you introduce something slowly? Right. And what should I introduce next? Like uh, for me, it makes- I think the, yeah, I think the trouble is that there's still, I don't want to use the word stigma because that's not the correct, you know, there's still sort of an attitude that a lot of parents have. Um, unfortunately that, you know, feeding our kids is something that we're supposed to know, like we ought to know how to do. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, too, too many parents um, still don't want to reach out, I think, or, or delay reaching out because either they feel like it's, you know, stressful mealtimes is just something we deal with. I always say like, you know, I say this to parents all the time and they, they laugh at me is I can't get you out of having to give your kids like the talk of the birds and the bees. Like one day you're going to have to do that. And like, it just is what it is, right? That's a part of parenting. Mm-hmm. We're all going to have to do it. But stressful mealtimes is not one of those things, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be. It's not just a natural, you know, part of of parenting. It doesn't have to be your experience. Um, but a lot of people don't reach out because either they think that it's just, you know, that's that's normal, which it is. It's very normal, but it doesn't mean you have to live with it. Um, or also that they think that it's something they should be able to solve on their own. And there's a little bit of embarrassment that they can't. Because, you know, parents should be able to know how to feed their kids. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say for me as a, as a mom who experienced a lot of trouble breastfeeding, and I was told for my whole life how natural it was, how my body was made for it, you know, totally. how good it was, and I experienced the complete opposite. And I still carry a lot of shame for that. And Totally. It's totally, a, totally. So I can only imagine, I would agree, I think that a lot of parents probably feel that same way of like, well, I just have to be stricter and I just have to kind of push through this because eventually they're going to eat or this is just a kid's thing. Exactly. Versus realizing kind of the bigger impact of like what is food and food health. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I can I can see that. That would be really hard. What do you do? Like, what do you do, you don't have to speak for anyone else, to help parents see that there's like, hey, it's okay, I can help you. Like, how do you bring people into that space that maybe aren't? I think the biggest reminder is, um, and I, and you know, again, a lot of parents um, will, will laugh when I'm wearing my sessions because I only talk in analogies, so you'll have to forgive me with this one because <laughs> I only understand things with examples. Um, but you know, the fact is I couldn't on this call right now tell you whether or not you were hungry or full, right? Yeah. I just, I wouldn't know. You could be sitting in front of me and I wouldn't know, um, you know, any other adults and I would never know the signals that are going on in your body. Right. Um, to me, like if I just ate lunch an hour ago and you're eating a massive meal, I could be like, how are you hungry? But I don't know. Did you eat lunch an hour ago? Right. Um, 
and just reminding parents that our kids are separate people, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not attached to them. We don't have telepathic connections into their tummies and know and, and have all that information and reminding parents that they really are a different person, right? You don't, you never have that information about other people. And so often parents, like they, they really don't, I think we all find, you know, get that to some extent, mm-hmm. but we forget it with our own kids, right? We think that we should know and that we should have these, you know, this knowledge to people that I don't know, like, could you, could I tell you whether you need a drink? Could I tell you whether you're tired? All of those bodily cues, we just don't know. And reminding parents that it's okay not to know because nobody else could say that for you is something that I spend a lot of time, you know, working with parents on. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. I, so many times I say to Grayson, okay, take another bite. Okay. One more of this. Okay. This. And I think exactly. in my mind, like maybe he's not hungry and right. he, and he fluctuates like some days he will, would, this has actually been recently. He's been coming to me being like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And he's right. never right. said that before. And so right. in my mind, now I'm like forcing food. I'm like, Oh, we're not feeding him enough. So I'm like putting more food there because I I just don't know if he is hungry or not or what's happening. And it's hard. It's so hard. And to expect, I mean, even me as an adult, like I overeat, right? Like I have a piece of cake and I'm like, Ooh, this is so good. Or I see a bowl of pasta and I want to eat more and more. Like even we sometimes don't know how to control what it is. Yeah. And so I can imagine as a kid, how do we expect them to know that? And we weren't taught, right? Like a lot of us were taught right. because we saw it or we experienced it or we had stressful meal times or not stressful meal times. So it's hard. It's hard. I think when you're a parent to. And you know what? The beauty is that, that we now, you know, having that information and remembering that, you know, like you saying you have to finish your plate or you have to take three more bites. We don't know has the opportunity to have our kids maybe not do that when they're adults right? Like we still all, as you're saying, have our things around food that like, maybe we still need to work on, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, really what I do in my practice is, is working with parents to have their kids maybe not have to do that in the future, you know, to, to be able to listen to their tummies um, that much more, yeah. you know, when they're hungry, eat something, when they're full, not eat something because they're done, you know, yeah. and, and also overeat when you choose to, right? Like if there's cake, I'll probably have a second slice, even if I'm not hungry, right? So, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's totally fine, right? Um, but yeah, it's a really beautiful, you know, way to be able to eat if we can facilitate that for our kids. Yeah, for sure. And and it, again, like we just think about so much stuff throughout the day. Like if this is something that's really stressful to you, it's better to consult a professional than it is to just like keep banging your head against the table of like. Right. Oh I always gosh. ask parents exactly like. If a lot of parents are like, well, my child doesn't have an underlying diagnosis or they don't have, you know, the doctor's not concerned. Um, my question is, if I ask you how stressful do you find mealtime out of 10 and your answer is a five and over, you, you might want to, you know, whether it's with me, whether it's another, you know, with another healthcare provider, whether it's with your pediatrician, whoever it is, it's always worth seeking some help because, Mealtime is so important and the way, you know, I always say that family mealtime is so much more about family than it is about the meal. And when we're so stressed that we have to be focusing on the meal, we lose the whole family aspect of it. 
Yeah. And that's really unfortunate for so many families. And if we can get away from that, I can support you or, you know, another healthcare provider can support you in that. That's a massive shift for a lot of families. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's stressful. I'm I'm thankful to have you on for our listeners because we have a little treat for them next week for you to give them some tips on how to um, eliminate that family stress at the dinner table, right? I do. Um, okay, so obviously you do a ton on the nutrition side, but I am yeah. curious, just as you have kind of grown in motherhood, um, how you've been able to do both. Like to me, that type of stuff, like working with clients, working with a family over and over again, and almost kind of like, in my mind, I imagine like you being in this kind of like stressful high tension time because these parents are overwhelmed and you're trying to help them and then you go home and now you've got these twins Uh, how how are you doing both like what's your decompression time how are you just like making sure mama's taken care of babies are loved and business is booming um so it's you know it's always a work in progress right I don't think any of us really have this whole like working mom, doing all the things figured out, um, yeah. which is okay, right? Yeah. I think that, that as things evolve, um, you know, it, uh, it always evolves. And I think that, you know, part of it is me going to work, right? And me, and me leaving the, the home to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of making sure that when I come home, my kiddos are loved, mom is taken care of, all of those kind of things. Because I'm someone, I love what I do. You know, I hope that that you know, comes through and be talking about it. Um, I love being able to work with families. I love the whole process of it. And, you know, it's really important to me that I remember as a mom and as, you know, who I am, that I was a person before I had kids, Mm. right? I was a person with ambition before I had kids. I was a person with hobbies before I had kids. I was a person with needs before I had kids. And that isn't discounted just because I had kids, right? Um, and one of the things that I need to do is to be able to use my brain and, you know, talk to other adults and problem solve in that way. And to me, I really feel like, you know, when I do come home, um, that, that ultimately makes me a better and more present mother. Um, so I think, you know, that is a really big part of it. I know that it's really, there can often be a lot of mom guilt, right? When we choose to go you know, we're choosing to go to work instead of being with our, our kids or whatever it is else that we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do feel like that makes me a better parent in the long run. Yeah. But I do, you know, also think that it's important that when I do come home, especially knowing that that my kids are, there's two of them. Hmm. So they're always sharing attention. Yeah. Is trying to at least, you know, once a day have a little bit of quiet time with just each of them where the other one may be is, you know, whether it's in front of a screen or reading a book or whatever, you know, whatever it is that we have to do to, to get that done. Um, yeah. when sometimes you're, you know, only one parent home, um, now we're, now we're all home for longer. So we have more opportunities. Yeah, to do that. that is true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, making sure that that happens and, um, on, you know, on my front is I really am a, am a creature of, of habit and schedule and all of that. So every day, I spend some time scheduling for the next day to make sure that I'm, you know, calm and focused and all of that kind of stuff. And exercise is a huge thing for me. Okay. Yeah. I think 
for sure. When I started focusing on fitness, I feel like that made me just be able to like, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm a fitness expert, but getting that time to myself and just kind of like loving on my body in the way that I used to really enjoy to do, that helps me a ton as a mom. Like I feel like my brain functions better for some reason when I've actually done something physical for myself. I think it's huge. I also think, you know, it, it sometimes sounds silly because like, you know, when we talk about the challenges of parenthood and all that comes with it, um, you know, like a long run doesn't, doesn't meet the same challenges as, you know, being a parent, but it does help me personally in some way to be able to say, you know, I did a particularly long run or something I, I didn't think that my body could do or I could do. Right. And then I did it. Yeah. Right. And the next time that you're met with something that is like a sleep regression and you're like, how am I going to get through this? And you're like, but I, I do hard things, right? Like I, yeah. I do the things. So, you know, there, there is an element for me at least of that as well. I actually am. So when you just shared that, I got like mini goosebumps because I, well, before all this climate change happened, um, I had yeah. rejoined a gym that I used to go to called Orange Theory. And I went one time and then it got shut down. So (laughs) I'm going to not go for a little while. But when I was there and I was running previously, I had joined before I was a mom. And obviously there were times I would rest or I would, you know, take a break or I would skip a rep. But I remember being there as a mom now and thinking in my mind, I birthed a human. I can do this. Exactly. Exactly. And I came home totally. and I was like, I didn't stop one time. I was like raving about it to my husband. And then of course they, <laughs> they shut down the gym, but that's okay. We're all safe and happy and healthy. So I'm thankful for that. Exactly. But, but yeah, I would say like being a mom and working out is different for me Totally. because of those things. I think you're right. I think it's finding that like, how do you have that like mental conversation with yourself of like, I can get through this and maybe it's a workout or maybe it is like a sleep regression or tantrums or just a new season in motherhood where you can say like, okay, I can get through this. But I think also like, as you're saying, like being a mom has, has impacted that for me also. Like my kids are home with me now. I took them on a run today. Right. Mm. Was it the best run of my life? No. Did it get done? Yes. Right. Which is a lot of like, you know, early days of parenthood as well. Right. Like, mm-hmm. is it perfect? No. Did I show up? Did I do it? Absolutely. Right. So yeah. um, I think that that definitely that's been a really important thing for me, you know, as a parent as well. For sure. And yeah, it's that is the thing with motherhood is that sometimes it just doesn't look the way we expect it to or the way it we thought totally. it was supposed to. And but we showed up. I think your comment of that is so perfect because at the beginning of this question, when I was like, how are you doing all these things? Because I am so curious when moms can do all the things. And you're like, you know, we're all just still trying to manage every day. But I think the the thing that always surprises me the most about moms and why I love them so much is because even when it's hard and even when it's a lot and even when it's filled with mom guilt and all the things like we still show up and totally that right there. Like that is what I want every mom to remember is that they still show up. 
like even if it's not totally. pretty, <laughs> even if it's a totally. run with twins and it's not great, <laughs> but you know, you right. still I, like I always it. say, like it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if you're showing up as your best self today. I hope that you know there's days where your kids get to see you as your best self, but if today is not that day, you're still showing up, right? That's and that is that's a big thing of motherhood. Yeah, it is for sure. Okay, what has been the best thing about having twins? Let's say let's say twins at three, and then okay. what has been the hardest thing with twins at three? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. The best thing with twins at three, I think, is that they're starting to become friends. Mm. Um, so you know, people are are, are like, "Oh, you've built in playdates." I don't think that was as relevant. Um, until like now ish, because now, you know, now is the age where kids actually start playing with each other, right. Instead of just playing around each other, um, they actually play with each other. So that's been really nice at three. Um, they've like outsmarted me already at three and they gang (laughs) up. Uh So I think that's the biggest challenge of, you know, three years old. It's like, they'll, they'll scheme together. I'm like, it'll get really quiet. And I'm like, what is going on here? And that's when I should I should start being frightened that something is gonna happen. Um, so the scheming together, it's always two on you know, it's two on two or two on one. It's there, there's always uh, you know interesting ratios. Oh my gosh, that is funny. Are they super close? Like how you would expect twins to be? Are they just like read each other's minds close? They they are. You know, I always say that they're frenemies, just like you know any siblings. Like they drive sure. each other nuts, and then but they always. You know, they, even at, at daycare that they go to, they always tell me, you know, they protect each other, they look out for each other. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's been really special. Yeah, I will say my sisters are my best friends, but they'll still yeah. kick my butt if I need my butt kicked. And they'll also oh, totally. kick someone else's butt if they need their butt kicked too. So Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think that's cool. I love I love the idea of twins older. Like for, as a mom, I totally feel for you right now because I'm like, this would be awful. Like having two of Grayson yeah. right now would be like, I'm not sure I would be on this podcast or barely even <laughs> surviving. Um, but I, but as they get older, like when they go into middle school and high school, I, I just think that bond is so cool, and they get to have Definitely. each other's back like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Totally. So you said in the beginning that twins run in your family. Are is it your husband's side or your side? My side. Do you have twins, like siblings at all that are twins or no? Not siblings. I have like people in previous generations and my sister has twins as well. Oh, you and your sister both have twins? We do. That's cool. A lot of kids. Yeah. yeah that is so cool. I, I sort of knew what I was in for a little bit before I had twins. Oh, that's Which nice. was a blessing and a curse. Oh, okay. <laughs> because you knew what you were, it was the curse because you knew the craziness, what was coming? Exactly. Oh, okay. Yep. I knew what was coming, but then I also knew what was coming. Yes. You're right. That would be a blessing and a curse at the same time. How much older are her twins? They are two years older than mine. Oh, two years. Okay. Yeah. So that is a good amount of time. You do yep. have a little bit of time there. I bet now, I, I bet now you look at them and you think, I can't wait until mine are five. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. I look at older kids and I'm like, oh, I can't wait till Grayson's seven. <laughs> I'm like, okay, totally. he can communicate, go to the bathroom on his own. 
He goes to bed when I tell him to go to bed sometimes. <laughs> he sleeps in. I'm like, can you just be seven already? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Um, okay, so you obviously, do you meet all of your clients face-to-face or do you do some virtually? I do uh, some virtual. I always say that I have about a 50% virtual practice and a 50% in-person practice. Um, and then I also have an online course, a six-week online course for parents uh, called the Stress-Free Mealtime Manifesto, uh, which can either be done you know, sort of in a DIY or with a little bit of support. Um, it's available just you know online for parents who want to you know, work through things on their own. Okay, that's cool. That's nice that you've got both yeah. of those going. Um, okay, so yeah. what's been, obviously we mentioned briefly, we've got this um, current pandemic happening with a virus. Um, yeah. What has been your protocols to that? Like, have you moved everything virtual? Are you still seeing clients or what are you doing? No, everything is now virtual. Everything's online. Okay. It's nice that you already yeah. had oh. some of that stuff set up so you could yeah. just move these yeah. clients in there. Definitely. So, you know, it was, it was a pretty yeah, streamless, um, streamlined transition, um, you know, just to move everybody online. I think everyone understands that for everyone's safety, it's just better if we're all at home. Um, sure. And so, you know, everything has been moved online for, for the next little bit. That's good. I'm, I'm glad that you had that. Yeah. I think a lot of people right now are like scrounging to try to get virtual set up. So yeah. it is nice that you already had that so that you can naturally move them over. Definitely. Um, okay. So if I am looking to have a nutritionist help me with this or you specifically, where can I go? Like, how do I get this six week, um, uh, course that you just talked about or how do I set up a consultation with you? So the best way always for people to find me, uh, you know, no matter what service they're looking for is I run a free community on Facebook. We're almost 2000 moms now. Um, called the Busy Mom's Guide to Feeding Your Family. And I hang out in there lots and, you know, answer questions, provide, you know, tips, whether it's meal planning tips or whether it's, uh, you know, picky eating tips. And there's lots of, of other moms who are in there just, you know, sharing their challenges and their wins that other moms might relate to. So that's probably the best place to find me uh, or on Instagram. I'm at ahuva, A-H-U-V-A-R-D, which stands for Registered Dietitian. Okay, cool. And I'll link all of that below too. Um, so for those that are listening that want more information, um, that is below. Um, okay, so before we let you go, and then obviously you're going to be back with us next week giving us the the keys to the kingdom, right? Or at least mm-hmm. a few of the keys, uh, which <laughs> I'm looking forward to. Uh, what is, given the fact that you have twins, that you have two genders and twins, um, that they're three, you're a nutritionist, like all of those things together. What's your one piece of advice that you have for all the mamas out there? Um, really give yourself a break <laughs> is the biggest, you know, is the biggest, uh, thing that I can say. I think that very often, you know, whether it's mealtime, whether it's, you know, with sleep, whatever it is in parenting, um, you know, we, we hold ourselves to a really high standard, which, is great. Um, but I think almost sometimes can be deflating, like, you know, forget about the social media, forget about what everybody else is posting, whether it's their meals or their kids, you know, nap schedules, whatever it is you think that other people are doing. Um, and just focus on really asking the question, you know, is this important to me? Right. Cause I think sometimes, 
Um, like we get caught up in, you know, wanting to have, let's say like a beautiful dinner and we're like, that is important. But is that important to you or is it just something you saw that maybe you feel like should be important to you? Right. Mm. Uh, but if it is, is important to you, go for it, do it. Like, you know, knock yourself out. If it's not, then, then, you know, I think that all of us would do, uh, you know, a, a lot of good with learning to let those things go. If really like, that's not something that, that you hold truly important in your heart. Yes. And I will say that is a journey. <laughs> I am on that totally. journey right now of trying to figure out like what I actually want or what I've been yeah. taught that I want. Totally. Um, totally. In the dinner thing, is interesting. I, when Grayson first switched his time where we ate dinner together, when he went to bed later, um, I remember trying so hard to get all the stuff on the table so we could serve at the table. And I don't even know why, like my husband and I, our whole life have just like dished up in the kitchen and then brought our plates to the table, but I wanted it all on the table so we could dish up together. And, and then of course he's like, um, I don't eat lasagna. I'm like, oh, I guess right. that makes sense. I've right. never had this before. Maybe you don't eat lasagna. Like, it, but it was so like defeating for me. Like I had, I had failed at this task. And so, yeah, I agree with you. I think give yourself a break and also reset your expectations about what is right for you and what you really want. Totally. 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 Oh my gosh. Well, Ahuva, thank you so much for sharing about what you do, your passion, your babies. I love that. And I'm super excited for next week when you give us a little, a little slice of what it is that we need to do to help reduce that stressful dinner time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Now, if you're hooked, you can subscribe to this podcast, follow along on social media at the mama stories or visit the website, mamastories.com. And mamas, I love you.